Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to P4DI, the podcast for digital innovation across Yorkshire and the Humber. I'm Pete Waddingham, and uh, today I'm joined by a very special guest. Uh, his name is Dom Smith. He's the founder of Soundsphere, uh, an online digital magazine for alternative music. Um, it gives me great pleasure to to interview Dom today. Slightly nervous because Dom's a journalist by background. That's his bread and butter, um, and I am just a amateur. Uh, but yeah, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Dom Smith. Right, Dom Smith. Hello, mate. Welcome. Pleasure. It's been nice to be here. Yeah, it's good to chat to you because, um, you know, I, I do know a little bit about you and we're going to get into that later on because we're actually related yes, yeah. distantly. God knows how what it makes us. I think your granddad was the brother of my grandma, yeah. but I don't know what that makes us. Yeah, but it's, not, it's nice to know we are related, isn't it? Yeah. Like, what was it, 10, 15, 20 years down the line? near enough we yeah when I first sort of met you yeah reignited yeah reignited here at C40I in Hull this yeah. is it this is it but be, be, even though related I know very little about you yeah. and then I've started sort of doing a bit of research you know you're um, thanks for research yeah, well, that's the key to any good any good journalist is doing the research man people people if, if, even if you spend five to ten minutes looking up somebody it's, it's good it's good it's good to have well, that preparation this is it and I am really intrigued in your story actually because oh, I, cool. I'm always I'm always fascinated by people that have got entrepreneurial spirit and, and you yeah. definitely seem to have that and I, and, I, and I wanted to talk to you about that today I want to talk to you yeah. about you know your background your journey your story mm-hmm. what you know about some people here at C4DI as well I'm really interested yeah, of in course, yeah. I, I really want to speak to you about some of the mental health and, and mm-hmm. disability where that you do and in fact I'm going to start off with that, if that's all right. Yeah, you, sure. You set up a scheme called Wara, wobbling yeah. about, about ro- rocking out. Rocking yeah. out, tell us a bit. Yeah, uh, good question, man. So basically, um, Wara was born, so I was working in Boston, Massachusetts, um, working for MIT, um, which is obviously a world-renowned science and tech uh, university. I was working as a storyteller in residence or a journalist in residence for them. I'd got a, uh, a job with them for just over four months to go out there and... and and document the entrepreneurial ecosystem, which is unlike anywhere else in the world, because these are the people building robots and you know connecting you know the next generation of of uh, bionic limbs for people with disabilities, things like that. Wow, incredible people. But with that, you can't just walk in there and say I'm a journalist. You can't just walk in there and say I'm a storyteller. You can't just walk in there and say I've got this idea to go. What next? But is that really what you want to do? Are you sure there's nothing else you, you can do better? Yeah, yeah. Are you sure that this is all you're capable of? They push you and they push you, even if you're not, because, like, you know, I'm a freelancer, effectively. I was there for a period of time. I, I, I'd spent some time in America, so I had a lot of friends around there, but no one else had pushed me and said, you know, what, when, I, when I was there, no one else had pushed me and said, oh, yeah, what do you, what do you want to do? I'd go into work, and there'd be these entrepreneur, entrepreneurs who were, 18, 19, 20, 21, right all the way up to 40, 50, you know, members of, students and members of staff who were asking me the questions that I didn't want to answer, you know, they, they were like, oh, what's your story, where'd you come from, oh, I'm the editor of Soundsphere magazine, I've, I've funded, I founded the Creative Condition, you know, I work in music PR, what else? Right, okay. There's more to you, isn't there? Right, right. There's more to you, isn't there, and I couldn't give them an answer. Right. Because I didn't know. And I finished up my work with MIT and came back to Hull. Now Hull obviously is, is, you know, sort of from Beverly area originally, but like, you know, I think when you live in different parts of the world or different parts of the country, you sort of default to Hull because no one knows where it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I lived in, I lived in, when I lived in London or Manchester, I always say Hull because people just yeah, don't, yeah. Like don't really know Beverly too well no, no. Uh, for whatever reason. Um, but I went back, I came back to Hull, you know, post City of Culture Year, uh, really good vibe. And I said, and I thought to myself, and I, and I came up with a branding and idea while I was still in Boston. So I was still living in Boston um, and, and having a wonderful time. And I owe a lot of my kind of personal, professional progression to, you know, good stints in America over the years. But I wanted to come back to Hull which I always get questions on, I always get questions on why I came back to home, to, to, to build something around disability and mental health awareness. And I came up with the branding, the Waro thing, while I was in 
while I was at MIT because I was being pushed to do something else. Yeah, yeah. To come up with the next thing. Yeah. And wobbling about rocking out was a product of me covering festivals over the mm. sound sphere. Yeah, yeah. So you would go around a festival. I'd be running around a festival or wobbling around a yeah, festival. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, for those that are obviously listening, yeah. you've you've got a disability. So, 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 is it yeah. cerebral palsy? Cerebral palsy. Yeah. That's right. Cerebral okay. Palsy. So you obviously are two wobbling six. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, so wobbling so, about rocking yeah, out, and so, you love your music. Yeah. 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 So that's where it came from. People would always say, "Oh, Dom, you're always wobbling about rocking out." Yeah. yeah. And I thought that's a great brand. It's a great brand. Right. Yeah. And so I thought, why are okay? It was originally supposed to be a clothing brand, right? That was it. It was going to be clothing for clo- It was going to be clothing for people with disabilities, people who are able-bodied, uh, people from all backgrounds, just with a cool logo of, of a guy based on me walking with two sticks. Yeah, yeah. Right. That was that was what it was originally going to be. We've got T-shirts on Redbubble. People can buy those, and, and and that's that's available for people to buy. But there was more to it, right? I thought to myself, I want to go back to Hull. I want to spotlight the creative talent in 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 the city. Uh, who are people with disabilities so there's a wonderful company for example a brand called Elephant in the Room and that's run by uh, a deaf guy called uh, Dan Dan Watts and he's amazing um, there's also um, Artlink in Hull doing amazing stuff yeah yeah no, Artlink you know? yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so we interviewed the, we've interviewed these types of people as well as me, my, my, my friends from the music industry who are nationally, internationally renowned sort of DJs, guys like Eddie Temple Morris, who was the guy that discovered Zane Lowe, right. who uh, is a mental health advocate and a, an ambassador for the Calm Mental uh, uh, Male Mental Health Charity. Right. He, I did interviews with him, talking about mental health, talking about awareness for mental health. I did interviews with Dan Watts about disability, disability awareness in Hull. Yes. So, and, and I've just spoken to the guy that runs Bean and Nothingness in town, which is a coffee shop, and that, that does work with the homeless people, yeah, yeah. the homeless community in Hull. Right, so it's people who have a community interest, who are passionate about um, telling their story and about inspiring other people. So yeah. it's, it takes what Soundsphere was, which was a platform to basically interview rock stars, rock bands, yeah, yeah, um, and um, cover festivals. I think I'm a, I'm a real big fan of of inspiring people yeah. and letting people see the outside world, and and that's what I really liked about Wiro because. Yeah. When I went on your website, you you know it was it was about inspiring people and and and, and those with mental health or disabilities. Yeah. So what what sort of people um were you able to? I mean, you mentioned a few there, but what sort of people did you manage to inspire through this? Have you yeah. you know have you got any good stories of? Well, well, absolutely. So you talk you talk to Eddie, you know, you talk about Eddie, talking about Dan. Uh, you talk about the Artlink guys. You know, we're we're doing constant work with. Uh, we're doing a, uh, a charity showcase for Artlink because of their strong relationship with us. Now they're really they're really inspired by the work we're doing. They were telling me there's nothing like that in in Hull. Yeah, there's yeah. Nothing like that in surrounding areas. It's important to be an advocate and 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 not to be frightened of that. And I think that's oh, yeah. when I look at you. I mean, every time I see, and I haven't seen you that many times. I think we've stumbled across maybe two or three times um, in, in recent weeks. I forget that you've got a disability because obviously across the table, you yeah. know, obviously when you stand up, you start wobbling about and rocking out and I know you love your music, but actually what I like you've what, what I like that you've done is actually, you know, you're playing on that and you're, you're making people, you know, be proud of, of that difference that, and that it. quality. And I think that's so important. I was interested, I didn't realise actually that you touched on mental health until I was yeah. researching, you know, at the weekend. Um, in, in, into this kind of um, initiative that you put in place and again that's a, a subject area that's close to my yeah. heart because I've been listening to podcasts recently and there's been a lot on the news if people don't talk about mental no. health it's not going to go anywhere if people don't talk about disability you know it'll always be one of them things that's you know frowned not frowned upon but you know yeah it's a good point you make uh, and I think that you, you know you've got to understand as well where we are geographically where we are in the country it's especially uh, not talked about mental health, disability. There are people that are advocating disability in whole. There are people advocating mental health. Yeah. But it's not something that's. There's no, there's no great platform. No. There's there no isn't. great platform bringing no, to no, not only no. not only a national audience but an international yeah. audience. And doing it with that creative industry because again I know you love your music because mm-hmm. we're going to talk about Soundsphere in a minute and um, and there's plenty of arts out there that can really help mental health and uh, and as I say you do a lot with music so I really like that side of the the the, the model as well I think that was a really Thanks. good move. Thank you. It, was there any other creative arts that you've been linking with? I mean I know as I say you're yeah. into music but what about you know. 
Yeah, so uh, I mean, obviously, so with Waro, we've, we've linked with uh, we've linked with Soundsphere, obviously, to create those to create those kind of uh, connections with Artlink, with uh, the CAR male, male suicide prevention charity. We just did some showcases for them, raising money for them over wow. the weekend. Wow. We've done stuff with Samaritans. Wow. Um, we we do over the years. We've done stuff with a charity in York that that specialises uh, that teaches people with a range of disabilities to sing in choirs. It's called oh, Access, Accessible Arts and Media. So I've I've always linked with because I'm a big believer, people that you can't really when you build something, you need a team of people around you. You need yeah. good people around you. Yeah. Right. You're only as good as 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 you know. There's things that I'm good at. Yeah. That you're and there's things that you're way better than me at. Right. So we link up. And we create something. Yeah, create something yeah. It's the networks, isn't it's it? And networks. I think, and I think again, that's what these platforms do that you've created. They start people talking, that's connecting, and and then the, and then it's where it leads. That's so all I've ever wanted. Yeah. I, do, has it has it helped in any way doing these initiatives and some of the the, the things that you set up with with your own mental health with your own disability? Yeah. Is it? It's a, it's a really interesting question because that for years I didn't actually look at it. I didn't actually, I didn't actually stop and examine my, my mental health. I've done some counselling training recently to improve my journalistic skills, and um, you kind of have to look at yourself a bit more now. Um, yeah, I think over the years um, I've kind of discovered more and more about about mental health and my own mental health, and I've I've done interviews about it in the past. Um, you know, I I always thought I was you know didn't have any issues, didn't have any problems, but you come to realise everyone's got some mental health issues. Everyone's got something. Absolutely. Everyone's got something that they need to talk about. It's just that we are raised, we're a culture of our generation. Our generation is was taught, you know, to use phrases like man up and things like that, which yeah. now the calm guys are, are fighting against. And yeah, it's, it's, it's okay to talk, it's you know, it's another talk, sort of to time there's to an, talk, there's absolutely. There's an initiative called Andy's Man Club in Hull, yeah, yeah. which is doing really good things, which I'm looking forward to, uh, collaborating with her. Do you enjoy talking to people about your mental oh. health, or do you keep things back? Because I know as well as a, as a, as a male that... Um, I will always hold things back. I I like talking to people and I'll give people um, flavours, but sometimes I think that mental health can be still quite personal. And I don't don't think that's a massive problem. I think as long as you can self-reflect on that. But do you do you um do you open up about um, mental health? Much more, yourself, much more so now. I, I don't even fully understand it yet from my own from my own standpoint. But because I have this counselling training and because I have interviewed people for years, I've interviewed rock stars and discussed marital problems. I've interviewed rock stars and discussed mental health, depression, anxiety, suicide, everything you could possibly think of. I've yeah. discussed with some of the most no- notable names in indie music uh, or rock music or whatever. So I'm experienced in talking about mental health issues with other people, and I'm only just becoming comfortable talking about it myself. Yeah. But that's because of my uh, sort of new exploration into counselling and counselling skills that I'm kind of doing to expand my my journalistic abilities. And and I think this is the important thing though to explain to other people out there that mm. it is okay to go on that journey. It doesn't okay. happen overnight, and 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 I think. That is 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 a way oh. to kind of deal with it. Yeah. So in myself, I know that I don't talk to people about everything. I like to yeah. have things that well, are myself. It's brave of you to admit that yeah. as well. Yeah, exactly. Self awareness. Self awareness, and then with that self awareness, you hopefully can still develop. Absolutely. I mean, the other area that I, you know I'm interested in is nutrition and mental health. Yes, massive yes. evidence. I just wonder what what what's your diet like? Do you eat yeah. well? It's Do you sleep well? That's a very good question, Pete. And I will tell you now. The, in the last year, um, so we're talking so two thousand nineteen. So we're in two thousand nineteen now. At the end of two thousand eighteen, my health has deteriorated uh, drastically because of my lack of a good diet and my lack of nu- nutritional. Is value. that right? Is that uh, right? Yeah. So so basically, uh, doctors have, have recently advised me to uh, to incorporate more fruit, more vegetables into my diet. I've only I've discovered recently. Certain intolerances you can develop later on in life, so there's certain things that I would rely on, particularly like carbohydrates and lots of bread and stuff. That now I have, I'm allowed, I can eat certain things, but not other things. So there's a lot more concentration now on healthy eating. Good, more good. so. And we're talking, I'm in my early 30s now, yeah, so yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's something that I should have done a long time ago. Yeah. I've had people advise me about nutrition before, I've had people advise me. Um, about about these things, but I, it, since you're asking me the question, 
I would say, you know, to any young person who's at university who who, who is, you know, struggling to learn to, to, to cook and wants that, you know, ability, I would I would definitely invest the time and energy into learning how to make stir fries, which I've yeah. uh, which I'm I'm well versed in a good stir fry. Yeah, brilliant food, food. Exactly. really good, really Things healthy. Like and and I've just learned, been learning to make risotto and stuff. So you put, you know, vegetables and and, and, yeah. and rice together and all these kind of things. And I'm just starting to do that now. Right. In my early 30s. But I, I never think it's too late. And, I, and, you know, I'm a big advocate of that. It's definitely never too late. I think, again, it's great that you have that knowledge. You're getting passionate about that because of your connections. You can pass that knowledge yeah. on. It's a lot about knowledge sharing. I mean... But it's also, you, you know, you talk about lack of sleep. I, my, my lifestyle and my career has, has been terrible for sleep. I, you know, typically I work till four in the morning. Yeah, yeah. And I'll get up four hours later. That's yeah. been ten years of my life. Yeah. And that's a very... If anything has brought on mental health issues, it's probably that. Yeah. And I can tell other people again, you know, you not not that I want to ever play the cautionary tale for anybody, but you would say that uh, from my own experience, I would say everything your parents tell you, not ev- well, not everything, but everything, you know, when your parents say, get a good night's sleep, yeah. there's a good reason there's behind it. There's a reason it. behind if it. If they say, when they say eat your vegetables, yeah. there's a reason behind it. Now, I'm not yeah. saying I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to kick the bucket tomorrow because I've not eaten enough vegetables and not had enough sleep but I'm learning now in my early 30s that it's very important for the maintenance of my body yes you know my limbs are starting to ache more than they ever have yeah. which would have been improved by sleep it would have improved by a better diet so absolutely and then again don't ever be frightened that you can't reverse um yeah. reverse things because there's a lot of evidence out there I listened to a podcast called The Doctor's Pharmacy with Dr Mark Hyman I was listening to it on the way in today um, it's a great podcast but mm-hmm. he has loads of guests talking about the power of nutrition it's a complicated subject area but I think you can't go wrong like you said stir fries vegetables yeah. good quality oils certainly oh, yeah. for mental health good quality oils but Right then, welcome back. Yeah. I'm here with Dom Smith, founder of Soundsphere. It's nice uh, to be here with you, And many other things. I mean, as I said, Dom, I always like talking to people that have got that entrepreneurial spirit, and, and, and certainly you've, 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 you've set up a few things, actually, yeah. and, I, and I've, I've already heard about a couple of them, and I know that you've done more, and, and, and hopefully we'll get into some of that as yeah. well today. Um, as I said, we're related. Um, your yes. granddad was uh, the brother of my grandma, so Ken Smith. Now, actually, if you don't mind me telling people, yeah. but Ken Smith was an entrepreneur, wasn't he? Indeed he was. Would you like to tell people his yeah. uh, so story? The, so the background is, is that, that my granddad, Ken, uh, was, was, involved, well, was the founder of what is now known as the Swift Group or Swift Caravans. Uh, that was obviously then passed down to my father, Peter Smith, and now things are very different. The makeup of that company has, has recently shifted. Uh, so uh, obviously my, my dad is in his, his, uh, his, his later years now, but he's a rally driver. He is. He's now living his dream as a rally driver. And so sometimes he, he rally drives with caravans on the back, indeed, doesn't he? I've yeah. seen him. Yeah, but yeah, I think so. he's now retired from the yes, business, yeah. isn't he? But, yeah, so, you know. but, uh, so very entrepreneurial, uh, very successful. Uh, started from nothing. Uh, my granddad and then my dad as well yeah uh, they, they didn't really have a lot of uh, things to go on i think the, the story goes initially that it was just ken uh, my granddad started it out of his back garden in a caravan in his back garden cutting them or something well so, this, this is it i was gonna t- i was gonna ask you what you knew about the the story because i heard different things from my grandma yeah, so J- joan smith of course, um, yeah was uh, was uh, was as i said ken's sister and um i i heard the story that they started making sheds at one point yeah. and um and, and a really sort of famous story that always stuck with me that, like you said, they had nothing. And again, I'm always inspired by the stories of people that have got nothing and built businesses up. But um, I think they needed some money from the bank one day and the bank manager was coming around and they said, look, actually, let's make sure we have this place tidy because if this bank person comes around, story, they're yeah. not going to want to invest in us. And, and actually, just let's sweep this place out. Let's put flowers on the table. Let's look professional. And um, and, and, and by all accounts, that went well. Yes, it did. Um, but, but yeah, a, a great story. And the, and the caravan show was on last week and I was listening to it on BBC Humberside. And I think Swift Caravans is now the major... Uh, caravan yeah, in, in, yeah, yeah. And, and, and so it's a very impressive story and um, and I know Ken Smith you're, you know like your late granddad has a, a road named after him on the way to Beverly which is great did, but yeah. did from from your granddad and your dad have you inherited then is that where you so, think some of this might have come from well, this entrepreneurial design well, yeah so it's funny because obviously I never met I never met my granddad but my dad um, 
he he always I think when I first you know when I was first growing up he wanted me to follow in my brother's footsteps, um, guy uh, and do um, you know the go karting thing. But 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 he initially had one of my brothers go karts adapted. You know my uh, guy was world go karting champion in nineteen ninety four, and um, he had one of his go karts adapted and I kept crashing it into a tree. I was just I was never like my brother and like my dad still are today. I was not going to be a professional driver. I was not supposed to be a professional driver. No. Now, I went into, like, from a very young age, I always wanted to write stories. I always wanted to create stories. And my grandma, um, my mum's side, used to tell me that I was a great storyteller and all these wonderful things, which is funny because I ended up having that title at MIT years later, which is great. But, um, you know, so that was my, that was me growing up, was, was like that. And, and I wanted to get into theatre as well. I wanted to be an actor and I wanted to do that kind of thing and and, and, and initially um, that was what I wanted to do but then you so I did my first degree in film and television but I, you know I wanted to perform but then you kind of get typecast if you have a disability as like an old man or a weird old man and when you're seven when you're 18 19 20 whatever you don't necessarily want to be playing those roles all the time and so this is the this is the the short version of course but but I went back to that kind of childish desire to, or childhood desire to, to tell stories and to, and to learn how to do that and make money out of it. So um, when I became a journalist or, or when I became a trained journalist, that's when the entrepreneurial spirit really flourished. So back to your original question, I get my drive from my dad, the unwavering, unwavering, unapologetic desire to achieve, which is my dad's, or was before he retired, working all the time you know is that right is that is that was, did you he, see he, that in your dad yeah absolutely so he was working a lot and that that i understand as i've grown up the the the, the necessity uh when you have your own project you know he would go to work at seven in the morning like latest uh, and he would finish at nine eight nine at night and that was a standard every day for decades and decades for my dad yeah. and so i you know unhelpfully, helpfully, whatever you want to call it, I tried to echo that in my 20s and uh, I'm, I'm sort of trying to, to try not to, try and do less of it in my early 30s because yeah, uh, yeah. I want to keep my body healthy but my dad always had good hobbies so he would always cycle, he would always, he would always... Very fit man, yeah, I mean I don't know a lot about your dad, I've met him a couple of times but I know he used to do a lot of long distance yeah, cycling and so, you know yeah. like 70 miles, yeah. 80 miles, yeah, isn't so it? So he's very much... So he's very and rallying, yeah, you know? Rallying now. Yeah. So he's very much keen, he's very keen uh, on staying fit so he does have that health kick where I perhaps have lacked it. So he, he yeah, so his drive really is what is what has helped me to achieve the things I have because I just don't give up. There was a lot of times when I was younger, when I was first studying, when people said, oh, you know, um, you're not supposed to be on camera, you're not supposed to be on radio, you're not supposed to be, and I've been on TV and I've been on the radio since then. Um, you know, you, you people telling me I can't do things, and my dad, in his own unique way, would you know he doesn't understand quite. I don't think what I do all the time, but he's very proud of me, and he does tell me that. You know, he does make a point of telling me that, and my mum's the same. Very lucky to have such supportive figures. My grandma, my, you know, my, my extended family, and I think that that's something as well that I wanted to to give to people that didn't have that when with the businesses. So again, with the concentration on young people, there's a lot of people. If you look at the Warren Youth Project, where we do, where we're doing a lot of our work in the, in the coming months, uh, as we go into the sort of um, mid part of two thousand nineteen, we're going to be doing more and more work with the Warren. Now those kids, you know, they don't have the supportive father, no. they don't have the supportive mother, they don't have the, the backing of people that are willing to say, you know, go and try this, go and do this. We believe in you. But do you know what? Do you know what I like as well? And and the reason I like this story and um, and my wife's uh, father was very successful as well. But the reason I like these stories is they all start from they had nothing, yeah. and I think that is an important message because, yeah. like you said, you you working with people that maybe don't have oh, you know yeah. things handed to them. But no. actually, a lot of the stories you'll find come from those that didn't have anything and the struggles and. And like you've just said as well, you're a great storyteller. Actually, some of these stories do need telling to people. Yes. So that, you know, yes, you had a very successful granddad and your dad and you took over the business, 
but actually it doesn't mean that you were gifted anything mm. you you know you like you said yeah, no. you 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 went down the route that you wanted to go down and therefore you had to be headstrong yeah. and you know and and that desire to be entrepreneurial yeah. somehow i think is in in the blood i mean I'm, i've been reading a little bit about genetics recently and i think there's something actually that's a very interesting it's a very interesting thought and you're right you know my my dad was very instrumental in teaching me about about life and about how hard things were and especially because I grew up in hospitals fundamentally I grew up in my school life was half in the hospital beds right half operations and things like that so I, I, I learned about you know how difficult life could be very early on but you know the you know when I remember there's a great story because again I'm not the best driver you know the first you know when I when I've damaged cars and whatever my you know my, 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 my one car that I damaged, to be fair, I don't want to sound like a car. <laughs> you um, should be on the road. I, I have one Vauxhall Corsa and it's a tank, basically. It mm-hmm. keeps me alive. Good. My dad was, you know, my dad was never, my dad was very quick to teach me the value of, of looking after your possessions, of keeping everything that you hold dear close to you and valuing everything, no matter what value it was, because uh, everything can be useful, as I found in a journalistic perspective and, and from everything is useful my dad is my dad's very similar he's a very hard you know he he wanted to teach me very early on that life is about uh, and i also learned this from my mum life is about people life is about building building something that you can uh a, a legacy yes so to speak. it's not necessarily about collecting possessions no. and it's maybe them simpler things and actually you just kind of hit on a point there that i think is pertinent to what your granddad and your dad set up in the caravan industry because yeah. i've just recently bought a caravan in fact i bought a swift caravan nice. which was well, nice awesome. Good well, choice. It, and it was a nice feeling because there's that that connection but when you look at the caravan that was built to be as efficient and as effective as possible because you don't have a lot of space in the caravan so when you look around how the designs have gone over yeah. the years and and just what you said there that your dad's taught you actually to keep mm-hmm. things that are dear and valuable mm-hmm. that that yeah know, that it's an important it's an important concept yeah. really like we, we live in a, we live in a throwaway society oh, absolutely and that's that's a product it's nobody's fault it's just a product of, of we have everything now at the touch of a button and the ability to buy things and the ability to 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 beat back mental health with commodities with things I, i'm glad you said that because again on the news today there's been an article that says that there's more depression in young people than there was 10 years ago yet actually some of the risk contributory factors of depression have actually gone down mm-hmm. and, and therefore they're unsure so the contributory factors where the, the you know drug taking's yeah. gone down smoking's gone down these were all things that could maybe cause depression you can't help but think that maybe some of the technology has, has maybe yeah. caused people to lose that connectedness. Yeah. And, uh, and and again, I noticed on the podcast I've listened to today, people talked about actually you can improve your life by by being connected yes, and, and showing gratitude. Oh, absolutely, the biggest the biggest thing I can, I can teach, and I know this from people that are very successful, financially successful uh, in the music industry, you can be miserable with all the things in the world, with everything you, everything you dreamed of owning, the big house, I, I, I mansion, all that. You can have every physical possession in the world and it's possible, believe it or not, to still be miserable. And what I've learned from people that are successful is the key to their happiness alongside their success is their families, is their friends. It's the people that, it's the people that have real personal benefit to their lives you can buy you can buy a grand piano well okay grand piano is a bad example because you could potentially change lives if you were to play piano very well but you could buy um you know lots you could buy uh, uh, there's thousands and thousands of dollars you could spend on champagne bottles now for example and you can have a great night spraying champagne or drinking champagne whatever but the, the next day you have the hangover or you have no champagne left. Whereas the friends, doesn't matter what you look like, doesn't matter how much champagne you drink, doesn't matter how drunk you get, doesn't matter how sad you are when you were drunk on all that millions of all that thousands and thousands of dollars of champagne. If you've got good connections. If you've friends. got good connections, they'll help you. So how do you find the balance then between striving, like you said, working and, and maybe having your things in lots of projects to make sure that you still have time for your family and friends? It's a very good question. The, the power of 
that you can you can tell that I'm a I'm a millennial because uh, I believe greatly in the power of um, coffee and tea. Um, <laughs> so so what I do is I frequently make plans um, with people to go for coffees or teas or food. Um, now, if you can't afford to take people food, that's absolutely fine because again, it's something I do. Uh, I, I don't necessarily do the food thing too regularly. But the coffees are a good coffee. Good in coffees, a coffee shop, or, or, or yeah. even even in your own even if you're in your own home. Yes. So, yeah. So yeah. if I haven't seen someone for ten years, maybe I'll take them for dinner. Yeah. But if I haven't seen someone for a couple of weeks and I want to check in on their mental health, yeah. or they want to yeah. check in on mine, we go to a coffee shop. We go yeah. to you know. Yeah. So so or we go to each. So you make time yeah. for people. Well, yeah. You so, make but time. you have to die. You know, when you are busy, as you will know, when you are when you are a busy professional, everybody will understand this. You. Who, who lives that kind of lifestyle? Um, you have to diet. You have to put time in your diet. You do. You, you do. have to space out meeting one, coffee with Bob. Yeah. Who you haven't seen for yeah. a couple of weeks yeah. or a couple Make of months or a couple of years, yeah. and then yeah. you go back to another meeting. Yeah. You go back to your next meeting. Yeah. But you have to allocate that space, and I do that a few times a week. That's something that I do a few times a week. Good. Okay, we'll just have one more break, Dom, and then uh, I've got a few more questions Ooh. that I want to talk to you about. Okay, let, let, let's move on if, yeah. if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Because um, I want to talk to you about Soundsphere. Um, yeah. Your editor, uh, yeah. founder of Soundsphere. Um, I, I was looking at that today. Just tell us a little bit about that yeah. digital magazine. So, so, that's, so we, started as a, we, we started as a print thing. Um, we got a bunch of funding. So I was working in London for a bunch of different people. So I was working, I was interning at Rock Sound. I was working at NME. Ended up getting some work at Rock Sound, getting, getting work with Metal Hammer. Uh, off the back of internships and work placements down south, stayed down in London for a little bit, and then uh, there was a pot of funding uh, that became available from uh, from uh, my old university, my first university in York. Um, I just completed a master's in magazine journalism in in UConn in Preston, uh, as well before I moved down to London, and um, so I had these skills and I was starting to get work in the industry, in the journalism industry, and there was a pot of money to go back up north. And I was like, for, you know, for creative projects. And I thought, right, okay. It's great, it's great being down south, man. It's wonderful. That's still, I think it's still t- statistically about 80% of the media industry, journalism in particular, is down in London. But I thought to myself, right, you know, we're the butt of the jokes in the media industry. Oh, well, how do you, you know, oh, you're from up north. You know, what do you do except hang out with sheep over up north? And like, I didn't, I didn't dislike you know because I had some wonderful friends in London and a lot of those people helped me start up Salesphere a lot of the journalists I work journalists I work with some of them have ended up working with me as well, but I always thought there's a there's a gap in the market for an alternative music arts and culture publication in a similar vein to a rock sound or even an NME from a DIY perspective so you would instead of going to the Purple Turtle or the Camden Underworld which is what most industry you know London magazines do they go every night to a gig in Camden because they don't need to go to a you know they didn't, don't need to watch a national touring band in Leeds when they can go down the road to Camden like that but I would be the guy and we would we would be the organisation that would while well, we do the odd bit in London and while we do the odd bit in Europe and we've been to America we've been south by southwest we'll go to the Adelphian Hull we'll go to the Leopard in Doncaster we'll go to the nation of shopkeepers in Leeds, because magazines traditionally are not in these places, and if they are, they're city-based. They're Leeds magazines or Hull magazines. But who's covering the whole of England? More importantly, who is interviewing these nationally, internationally renowned touring bands when they come to Hull? Yeah. When yeah. they come to Leeds, yeah. when they come to Manchester, all the press is done in London, and that works against us in some ways, but it works for us in in more more ways than it works against us, because we are pretty much as far in terms of the whole of the north there's nobody doing what we do you know there's no, and there's nobody doing what we do and educating young people on how to do it too yeah so there's you know there was that that that, that desire and that drive to build something creative in the north of england so we started in york and then we moved into manchester and then chester and then you know back to york and then now we're in hull you know, we've also we obviously we also were in America for a little while. You know, so you know, but there was always that lean towards the north of England, the talent in the north of England. So we'd go to South by Southwest, for example, right? So this is America, but if a Leeds band was playing, we didn't do them. 
and we'd speak, you know, we didn't even go, oh, we'd speak to all the bands, we'd, yeah. we'd cover all the bands, but if there was a new Leeds band playing or a Hull band playing or someone from Middlesbrough, we would be there saying, this is amazing, check out this band from Middlesbrough, bloody Middlesbrough, who you've probably not heard of because nobody's covering them down south because no one's, you know, because they're not spending the money to come up north to, you know, or to send writers up north to Whitby, you know, do, do you know there's an incredible music scene in States, do you know what I mean, in North, you know, North Yorkshire, there's, there's all these kind of places where we're going, and, and, and if I can't get there, I can send other people to, to go. It looks like you've got great coverage, yeah. again, I was checking out your website, and, um, you know, looking at some of the artists that you've got on there, um, again, my um, taste in music is probably fairly limited, to be honest with you, I haven't got a good... Don't worry, um, don't worry, yeah, don't but, worry. But I checked out um, Hezen, is it just a post that you put oh, yeah. on there last night, I think, yeah, was yeah. it? Yeah, she's uh, actually, Alibi. Really great song. Yeah, she's you know. actually a London-based artist, but we do, like I say, we try, we do... We do a lot of stuff uh, nationally, internationally. Yeah, I've noticed yeah. that on your website, you yeah. really do have a broad range, yeah. and, that, and, and and looking at there's a lot of alternative music on there. And yeah, stuff. so we so we, we we define that as the alternative to mainstream pop. So we yeah. do a lot of electronic, we do metal, we do rock, we do jazz, we do blues, we do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But it's the alternative. To Time consuming, is it? Uh, yeah, somewhat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, somewhat. Uh, but it's a passion of yours. Yeah, absolutely. It? So we make a little bit of money from it. So we do. We get advertisers. Uh, we do a lot of workshops in schools and universities, and, and we get a little bit of possible money from that too. And I understand that you um, you allow people that want to be up and coming journalists to help and to mm-hmm. write articles yeah, and to absolutely. interview, and, yeah. and 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 I've heard that from from other sources, which is is, is great. You're giving people the opportunity because I think you mentioned to me, people have to travel down to London yeah, predominantly to get is, work that, and, yeah. and experience. That's the industry standard. So we've one of our best writers who. Uh, has also done work for the Warren Youth Project in Hull and, and, and numerous other places. She's from Scunthorpe. She's about eighteen years old now. She's about to go to to London to to do her university uh, degree, but she's already got uh, a portfolio of stuff for, from some of the best and most respected international publications, uh, DIY, um, for example, off the back of a reference from me, off the back of our portfolio. Now this isn't a bragging point. It's just it's just something I'm very proud of. I am I am happy with our with our role as a stepping stone for people here that can't afford to initially uh, go down to London and work for free. You know, um, so Sophie, what man you mentioned her on the podcast, Sophie Walker, she's now at university. She's got a place to stay. Brilliant. She's got accommodation. Yeah. She can now afford to to do internships, work placements because she'll be living down there in actual housing. Yeah that's not going to be uh, you know a basement or whatever you know i've got friends that have gone down moved down to london for the industry and living in basements without windows and, and have made good careers for themselves but that initial that initial kind of slog of not making any money because yeah. you because like in most creative industries and i'm sure it's the same in other industries the the initial it's that initial six to twelve months of working for free so you prove yourself yeah yeah you need now, a platform you need, you need yeah. help yeah so, so 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 sophie now has all of these portfolio stuff on the on on her back because she's done some stuff with us she's done stuff with the warren and now she can go to london with this portfolio and she's doing that now and she's still doing work with me and we've also had writers from barnsley we've had writers from doncaster we've had Brilliant. writers from hull Brilliant. all you know are you looking out for other writers all the time, people, yeah, all the time. So people anybody anybody who has the ability like i'm i'm a i'm a trained journalist but i'm not looking for I'm not looking particular for particularly formal training. If you can, if you understand spelling and grammar, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's a basic requirement. Passion, passion yeah, for music. Passion for music, understanding, basic understanding of spelling and grammar. Um, you know, and a passion for journalism. You know, we we don't. You know, I'm not just a music journalist. I work in disability. I work in current affairs. I have links all over the community yeah, yeah. and all over the industry. And how do they find out about you? How do they get in touch with you? So, so they can so they can get in touch with us over the Soundsphere website, over Facebook, Twitter, all the social media stuff. We're on there. We will reply. Uh, I'm the kind of main port of call, but they'll always somebody will always get back to people. Brilliant. Um, and it's the same with most of my platforms. It's all about I, I, what all I want to do, Pete, in my life is support people. Unfortunately, I've been given the platform, platforms, and I've got a very supportive background, very supportive family that always believed me, believed in me that I could do whatever I wanted to do. Um, well, good. Let, let, let's 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 have a little break, um, I'm, uh, we'll, and then we'll come back actually. And I won't mind talking to you a little bit about your um, your, your family, yeah, sure. your, your early beginnings. But but let's have a little break, and we'll come back in a bit. Cool. 
Yeah, Dom, I mean, obviously I know that you're, um, you, you've set up here at C4DI yes. in Hull. I know you're really passionate about Hull. I know you're really passionate about Yorkshire. But just tell me a little bit why, about why you are passionate about Hull and, and what you see within C4DI that, you know, has attracted you. It's a good attention. question. So I, so I actually emailed, I emailed C4DI when I was at MIT and I was like, all right, okay, guys, I'm at MIT now. I want a business incubation space that... Um, is going to motivate me, and I'm going to, you know, I want to want to be around inspiring people that are doing amazing things. Um, and C4DI was Deliper at the time. Uh, he got back straight back in touch with me. Said, "We'd love to have you back here. We'd love to have you here." So it's a it's a fantastic space. Very, it's a great space. Very, great building. Very new, you know, in the context of Hull. Um, and 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 that's kind of and I came in and immediately I connected with. So the Wiro site was built by Matt, Matix Design, um, and, and, and sort of a team of, of great designers. Um, they were kind of associated with 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 that. Um, the guys behind Built with Code as well got behind it. So yeah, that's Mark, Mark, is it? Mark, yeah, yeah, he looks a yeah. good person. Oh, Mark is he's a, such a lovely man, such a lovely man. I've got every, I've got all the time in the world for yeah. Mark. Um, he, he looks entrepreneurial as Mark well. Mark Bucknell, man, one of my favourite, like one of the favourite people that I don't have to see all the time and I rarely see because he's always about he's always he's always he's busy as well isn't he's he? always busy but he's just he's just a nice person to, to sit down and have a brew with Matt's the same guys like Garth Garth you know Garth Lee who's an animator who's spent time in London himself and wanted to come back to Hull because of that spirit that's here it's, it's got a unique grit Hull has a unique grit determination that you won't find anywhere else I'm sensing that I bumped into Garth in the kitchen he was telling me a bit about his story really briefly um, and like you say he was down in London and something attracted him back here obviously he, he, I think he, he came from Hull so but there's that draw you as I say you've been across into uh, America you've come back here what are you hoping that Hull and C4DI will well, allow you to do? Well, it gifted me Waro, so the website was built here. Um, a lot of my opportunities are uh, coming out of collaborations with guys like Mark, guys like Matt, uh, and I'm hearing all the time about people collaborating, you know, people in these walls, you know, projects being built, uh, entrepreneur, entrepreneurial, excuse me, entrepreneurial businesses being started, launched, um, really innovative stuff is coming out of here. And it's just a wonderful place to be. It's a very motivational place to be. This isn't my bedroom. This isn't you know. I don't just get. I don't get up. No. I don't get up and just start cracking on. Uh, well, sometimes it's to be fair. Sometimes I do, but it's always a much better, healthier, more positive environment when you come in here and you see these people all doing amazing things. You yeah. see yourself doing amazing stuff. Really willing to collaborate. Everyone's friendly. Everyone's supportive. And that to me. Is what Hull is to me. It's hard working, it's nurturing, and it's supportive, and that is something that I don't think nationally, we, as a, as a as a city, we get credit for yet. Credit for and it. I think that I think Hull is definitely, definitely on the brink of even more amazing, uh, yeah. amazing way than than what it's been recognised for. Because we know city of cultures just been and gone. Um, and people do now know a little bit more about Hull. They started knowing about Hull because when Hull City got back into the or got into the yeah. Premiership, so people have heard of Hull, but actually we're still not like the Leeds, the Manchester, well, the Yeah, This is it. You have London. You have, right. So this is how I look at it. So right now you have London. You have Manchester. You have uh, Leeds. Sheffield's a big one. I I would put Hull after Leeds, and then I would bring Sheffield into it. Yeah. So Hull now, in my opinion, in my opinion, I'm one of the only people that, that, that probably thinks like this. Is in the top. It's in the. It's in the top four. It's got a lot to offer. It's got a lot to offer culturally, you know, digitally. I, I would put Hull above. I would even put Hull above Birmingham. Now, I'll explain. Like so, Birmingham is incredibly. It's a beautiful. Well, it's not necessarily. Not necessarily. It's not necessarily aesthetically, but it's a beautiful place for creativity. But you can't go just go to Birmingham and set something up or meet with people and, and build with things in my experience I've, I've had a lot of good experiences in Birmingham I know lots of lovely people but Hull is more nurturing than London it's more supportive than Leeds and it's and it's the people are good the thing, the thing that lets Hull down and it'll never get away from it um, is the geographical location being at the end the, of places the, whereas Leeds are a bit more connected the bottom How, end of the M62 yeah. it's referred to yes however the digital era that we're in the fact that actually you know globally 
trade, you know, there should be no barriers really, it, it doesn't prevent us, I think what prevents Hull is making sure that it bangs the drum and that's what I know that you're passionate about, oh, I know that you're passionate about banging the drum for oh, Hull, 100%. you know, whether it be Hull music, the creative industry and the people in this building. Um, again, just you know, tell me a little bit about some of the people that you've met here oh. at C4DI. Just who's so, yeah, so so the guys that are you know obviously you've got the built with code guys. You got Matt, um, you got Garth. Those guys are fantastic. I've just met up with a guy, another animator called Ryan Ryan Cole. He's a young lad who's doing really well. Uh, one of my first interactions was with uh, an animator who's now the drummer in one of Hull's uh, most renowned touring bands. Um, you know, and that was in this building. I've had some of my uh, best business related meetings in this building or just over the road in Nibble in the little cafe yeah, there cafe. you know you never underestimate the power of, of, of a cup of coffee and making money that's a that's chocolate a, brownie yeah, that's a bit yeah that's a business tip for you there yeah. you go um, as soon as you buy someone a cup of coffee you've got a captive audience but um, yeah so again um, Delipa as well uh, was big it was a big um, inspiration in, in helping me get wire off the ground I was one of the first people to host a mental health huddle here which was great so C4DI has been supportive with that do you think they're missing something what what would you like to see from C4DI or the people within it what do you think maybe is there next where, where, where what would you like to see come out of this area anything in particular that I think I think more well, well I mean a whole in general I think um, you know the, the music scene's thriving I think that there's, there could always be more done to support mental health awareness yeah um, I think that uh, C4DI has been a great income generator for the city and it's brought money into the city. Uh, I think for, for, for C4DI itself, um, I think, you know, more huddles, more, they, they, you know, bringing people into rooms and sharing ideas. Get people connected. Making yeah, people feel, yeah, yeah. you know, what, what you have to learn, and I learned this as a, as a skill in journalism, is you have to make people... Everyone's special, right? And I know it sounds like it's, it's like I'm not trying to I'm not trying to paint a fairy tale picture for you here, people. Everyone is special. Everyone has something unique to about offer. Them. I can build. I can build an hour an hour's worth of conversation with a member of staff at McDonald's in the same way that I could build an hour's worth of conversation with um, the lead singer of a world renowned tour and rock band for the last twenty years. To me, these types of people are one and the same. Yeah. Right now, I, now I know that that sounds quite contradictory. But when you look at everyone, everyone has something unique about them. Yeah. Everyone has something valuable. Yeah. Like, they just maybe don't know it or it hasn't been ab, hooked up ab, to the abs right. Absolutely. So, so, and what I want is more of these, more of these kind of networking situations where people can be made to feel special and important and valuable within this community. Because if you make someone feel special, important and valuable and to make them believe in themselves, then you could get... I, I absolutely agree with that. And um, I had a conversation with Mark from Code Pen last week and I said the same thing. I was listening to a podcast, the Joe Rogan podcast, and it was the chief exec of Twitter. Mm -hmm. And he was telling the story of how he set Twitter up, which yeah. was from nothing. Yeah. It was a platform for friends to collaborate yeah. on and to talk. And yeah. look at it now, a massive global multi-million pound industry. And I just wish more people, and I'm sure they do, I'm sure there's lots of people, but realize just how yeah. they could be the next oh, yeah. you know facebook twitter that you know i, I strongly oh, yeah. believe that there's people in this building definitely with the skills and again when we talk about your story your family story i think it's having that belief oh, having yeah. that drive and that belief that actually you can be the success and and and, and actually learning some industry tips i mean again you know i don't want to keep sort of drawing back to swift caravans but a great product yeah you know a trusted reputation yes. quality and i think Absolutely. people look for that and it doesn't matter you can apply that to any business yeah uh, and i want to be a motivator i want to be a motivator in the same way that my dad was a motivator for for people uh, you know who worked who worked with swift um you know i want to be you know, a motivator in the same way that that uh, Garth is a motivator for other animators in here, or Matt is a motivator for other web designers. The way that Courtney uh, Farrell is, is, is an inspiration. Yeah, it's a really nice lady. Yeah, yeah, is an inspiration for copywriters in the area. You know, you can do anything you want, no matter where you are. Well, in 2019, you can make a career yeah. out of whatever you want, but you just have to believe. And that's the thing about mental health awareness, is you have to believe in yourself. And I think that we've been conditioned to think that we aren't, you know, you know, I think, you know, that we aren't special and unique uh, snowflakes. I think it's a line from Fight Club, you know. And I'm not trying to make, you know, I'm not trying to build a fairy tale. I'm not trying to say that we're no, all, no. That we're all you know, magic, yeah. you know. We're not magic. But what I'm saying is, everybody here 
is just as important as every rock star, as every celebrity. You know, the only difference between you and I and um, Madonna or any of those people is it's an opportunity. And right, place, place, right place, right place, right, right time. time, exactly. Right. And we know, and we know, you know, there's no, there's no there's, I'm just using Madonna as an example. I think she's an incredible pop star, but you know, there's no, just because Madonna can sing ballads and sell millions of records doesn't mean that she can design a website and sell, you know, to sell millions of products or doesn't mean that she yeah. can educate on nutrition and mental health. This doesn't is it. mean that she can educate on journalism within the north of England. Yeah. You see, so everybody... Yeah. Everyone's got a place it's, it's in the, the world. Yeah. In, uh, yeah. yeah, and it's not a cog in the machine. That's not what we're... No, about. no. It's a, it's a place. It's a defined place where you have, you have built family, you have built friends, uh, you know, relationships, you know, uh, passion points, projects. Yeah. This is all valuable stuff. And I think that, again, is the role of people like you to help knit That's people together, to tell people's story and to listen to people. And and, and like you said, you, you're going to be studying counselling very shortly. And I was kind of intrigued why you were going down that route. But actually, listening to people and understanding yeah. their story is valuable yeah you know that's all it's all about making it's all it's all, it's all about career development it's all about career development and be, making me a better journalist uh, making me a better listener which is obviously core to my profession and one you know like i say what, what I, I don't want to what i want to clarify when i make these points about everyone is special and unique there's a lot of people that through circumstance and through situation uh they become jaded they become angry they become bitter now and that's because they haven't perhaps talked about their mental health or because they haven't perhaps seen that they've got, you know, they haven't had as many opportunities as myself or other people. Now, I'm, I'm here to be one of the people that tells, I want people to understand people that haven't had these opportunities, people that are angry. I want, I want to help those people, those young people, people of all ages to understand their value in the world. And I've been able to do that with some points in my career, and that's what I'm proudest of doing. And on that note, Don, I think that is a very good ending because you know that's what I like about you. I think you've got a lot to offer. I'm looking forward to speaking to you more, as you know, and I'm I'm looking forward to hearing more about your journey. Okay. Uh, Don you. Smith, everyone, thank James, you. Yeah, thank you. Cool. Well, there you go, people. That was Dom Smith, founder and editor of Soundsphere magazine. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you like what Dom was saying, do check him out. Soundsphere.mag.com He's a great bloke. He's doing a lot of work for mental health, disability, and he's doing some great work to fly the flag for East Yorkshire, Hull, and, and, and even wider across the north. Great man. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thanks. <laughs>